This is the Breakfast Leadership Podcast. Boundaries or burnout, you make the choice. Here's your host, Michael Levitt. Welcome to the Breakfast Leadership Show. It's Michael here, and today I've got Jennifer Lozado on the line. Hey, Jennifer, how are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I am awesome. Great to connect with you again. You are the president of Summit Financial Partners, and you also wrote a book uh, called Inheriting Chaos with Compassion. Uh, Mm -hmm. And just as a backstory for the audience, you know, this book addresses, you know, situations when you inherit, uh, which is probably not the best word, but it's the truth, uh, a financial challenge um, with you know, the passing of loved ones. So uh, tell us a little bit about you and why you wrote the book and some of the things that you've learned uh, since uh, publishing the book. Yes. Um, was, the book was inspired by the fact that I lost my husband to leukemia about four years ago. And then, and subsequently about a year and a half ago, my sister died unexpectedly. Both of them were unexpected deaths. And um, when my sister died, we found out her husband had much more challenging memory issues than we realized. So suddenly I became his power of attorney and her executor all at once. And um, those, both of those events were challenging in slightly different ways. My husband, of course, I had um, much better grip on what our financial situation was, being the financial person in the relationship. Um, so, um, you know, that was, that was more of an emotional struggle. And, um, and there was some financial issues as far as figuring out how to settle some things, but not too bad. But when my sister died, um, I didn't know anything about their financial lives at all. And I suddenly was like thrown in the middle of figuring it all out. And as I was working through all of that, and there's still things going on, still my brother-in-law's power of attorney, I realized if someone like me who has a lot of experience with forms and phone calls to institutions and knowing the the lingo associated with it all was really getting frustrated and struggling with not feeling overwhelmed by it all that how much more so those that don't live in this financial world all the time must really feel overwhelmed so i'm i'm hoping that it helps people kind of take a step back and and reach those um those those tasks that they need to do, but just, you know, don't feel like doing They're grieving or they're struggling for other reasons and still have to deal with all of that. And I've really learned since I wrote the book that people are pretty thirsty for that information. I was a little surprised by that. Um, So it's been, it's been really a cool experience talking to people and um, getting their feedback and, you know, your friends always tell you it's a good book because they're your friends. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I think that some people that I didn't already know have received some value. So it's been pretty gratifying. Well, it's a really important book. And uh, you know, for many of us, you know, when, when we think about you know, losing loved ones, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, the primary thought that comes to mind are our parents. 
you know, and, yeah. and, and not, not a spouse or a sibling or a child. And in, you know, the fact that you do have a strong financial background, you know, helped, but, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure, you know, you know, you leaned on that, but even going through an emotional trauma, such as, you know, the loss of loved ones, sometimes the brain forgets what it knows. And I'm sure that's, you go, okay, what do I need to do today? And it sounds like that you had that, you know, that experience quite a bit of saying, okay, what do I need to do? You know, with, you know, with your spouse, you know, you, like you said, you kind of knew the financial situation, but, you know, taking care of, you know, you know, the, the sister and then, you know, her husband and, and all the dynamics of that going into it, Mm-hmm. And knowing them, but not knowing, you know, that aspect of, of their life um, had to have been, you know, just really um, taxing, you know, not to use another financial term, but uh, <laughs> it, it definitely, you know, was, you know, thinking about that, it, it, you know, it had to have been, you know, real challenging on top of, you know, mourning, you know, mourning the loss and, and everything else that, that took place. It, it was, and it you feel um, it's weird dynamic to at first because you're really suddenly deep in someone's life in a way you didn't, you weren't before, and um, and so it, it it feels a little weird to do that, and you know, on top of the emotional issues, it takes a lot of time to deal with all this, and it doesn't even have to be a death; it could be a disability, it could be just someone is needs help temporarily for whatever reason. And, and it's you like, you've suddenly gotten an extra part-time job on top of your normal life. And it makes, um, it makes it even more overwhelming, right? Because most of us are already working full-time. We have families we're taking care of. And then bam, you get hit with all this extra work to do. And and you want to do it because you love your people and you want to make sure their wishes or they're taken care of in the case of my brother-in-law and um and so but it still can be just exhausting oh, absolutely and you know, going back to the book you know one of the key things that i see why this book is definitely timely you know of course you know I want, everyone's always had these types of challenges but it's really timely because our population is aging and getting a lot older and a lot of our parents are you know, definitely in retirement age and, and approaching, you know, right. those, those end of life things, you know, even, you know, in the area that I live in, in Toronto, you know, in 16 years, the population over age 65 is going to triple or excuse me, double. And then wow. over and over 90 will triple. So you have a lot of people that are, you know, in that age group and, people my age, you know, and, you know, the, the children and, and family of, of those individuals mm-hmm. really should plan ahead, you know, mm-hmm. as, a, as a financial partner and, and planner, you know, that's, you know, the one thing that you probably get tired of saying it, but you have to say it every day. It's like, you need to come up with a financial plan on how you're going to, you know, address these things. And, you know, even having a conversation with, with my parents that are in their, uh, mid seventies now, it, you know, they had a, you know, health scare, um, a couple of years ago, actually both of them, you know, separately. Uh-huh. And it, it was, it was an awakening, 
um, you know, for my brother and I, and, and we both said, okay, we need to have this conversation and, you know, let's, you know, make sure that, you know, all the financial matters are, are documented, you know, give us, you know, just, you know, list in a place and keep it and let us know where it's at. So we, we know where to contact all of your, you know, your financial accounts and all of that kind of good stuff. And, um, you know, make sure that the, you know, the will is, is updated and all of that stuff, because for the longest time, funny, you know, personal story, um, my parents will indicated that, you know, if they both were to pass that mm-hmm. my brother and I would have to go live with our uncle Joe. <laughs> now, now my now my uncle Joe passed away in 2002 and 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 there's debate as to where he ended up so you know both and I I say that tongue in cheek we both love and both love and miss him but um there's questions and so you know both my brother and I are going wait a minute you know that that's kind of uh, a scary thought you know because he's been gone a long time it's like we have to go live with him or where is he so, so Monaco or not? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so is he in, you know, purgatory or at least, or, you know, who knows, but at, at the end of the day, you know, you know, they, they updated it. So we know there's no longer that clause in there. I'm oh, glad for you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cause that, that would have been an interesting adventure. Yeah, for sure. Wow. Yeah. I mean, you highlight something so important there. I mean, I'm not an estate planning attorney, but really the first thing people need to take care of is getting those legal documents done because that, that sets the platform for everything else that happens after that. And, you know, I see it in my own, you know, I have with my clients and people, they're usually pretty good. Usually if they have an advisor, they've gotten, you know, they've tried to get all their ducks in a row, but it's a struggle because people don't want to talk about death or who's going to take care of their kids or, or they can't agree who they want to take care of their kids if something were to happen to them for legitimate reasons. But um, that is like the utmost importance is to get those documents done and have them somewhere that someone can find them. Um, and so it's um, it really, really important. I'm glad your parents took care of that and very wise. Yeah. And I have a copy of, you know, of their will, you know, in Toronto, they live in, in Florida, but, you know, I have a copy of it. So at least that mm-hmm. way, you know, if you know, something drastic yeah. happens, I'd have, you know, mechanisms to be able to at least start getting things moving along. Uh, but yeah, it, it's, it, it's one of those things. Yeah. And I agree with you. It's a difficult conversation to have with loved ones because for many people, it, it's a subject that, they're just simply not comfortable talking about, but mm-hmm. it is reality. You know, as I, yeah. I tell people, we all come with an expiry date. We don't know what that date is. Um, <laughs> and I don't want to, uh, but <laughs> we know, we know that it's going to hit at some point. And the more, uh, the more proactive that we are in planning things and getting it done and over with, it just makes it easier for those that you know have to you know deal with your matters after you've passed because from that point you know everything is hopefully tied up and 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 can flow normally and you know the family members can you know spend more time you know grieving mourning and and celebrating you know your life instead of trying to figure out okay where's this where's that and you have to basically go CSI into you know your parents' yeah. house to figure out where the heck is anything 
and yeah. you may, and you may not know and yeah. and you, you almost have to wait until the bills start coming in the mail which even then think about this and this is something yeah that you know i think a lot of people as technology has advanced is you know many of us have gone to electronic billing so we don't get an invoice in the mail anymore right uh, so yeah. we're waiting for a bill to come in the mail that won't come in the mail because it's electronically invoiced and if mm-hmm. we don't if we don't have access to our loved one's email accounts mm-hmm. you know there's all of these little nuances that um, really really create some uh, interesting dynamics that we quite frankly didn't really have to deal with you know, a couple of decades ago and now, right. now we do. So, and what's funny is technology really hasn't caught up with that saying, okay, in the event of my untimely passing, mm-hmm. um, grant access to this, but there, there isn't a mechanism anywhere that I've seen right. to, to make that happen. So you have yeah. to go, you have to go old school and basically just, you know, have a, a sheet of paper with all of your um, account information, you know, locked mm-hmm. in a physical cabinet or something that. Um, you could go to and, and figure out what's what. Yeah, that's a total gift to someone for you to do. And that actually was a wake me up in the middle of the night moment with my sister. I was like, what if she's getting a lot of bills electronically? And thankfully she wasn't. But, you know, I really did have to dig through the mail and have wait for things to show up. And um, so really, it's a really big gift if you can at least be mostly organized around all that and have a notebook or a you know, if you're not, if you don't like organization to that degree, at least throw recent statements in a box. So some sort of central location makes it so much easier, I think, for whoever is going to help you or, or settle your estate. Um, it just cuts down the stress in an already very stressful situation. So, um, and actually you were talking about your parents' minor in their early 80s. And after all this happened, we went and had me become an active power attorney on their accounts. So that given their age, and they're both pretty good health at the moment, thank goodness, but um, you know, I, I have the ability to step in at any moment. There is a, a, a problem though, and a lot, of, um, a lot of people don't want their children to know their financial situation, so that could be tough, but um, just there's just one trusted person that they will allow to have access to information. It can make a huge difference in the future. Yeah, it's so helpful. And, you know, it's a reminder even to me, you know, um, I don't think my expiry dates anytime soon, but, you know, just having, you know, a disaster recovery kind of thing too, even, Mm -hmm. even, even personally for a situation where, your computer, you know, dies or you lose it or something tragically happens to your, your home and you need to access your accounts and it, uh, you don't necessarily remember all of your passwords, at least having something somewhere where you can access it in an emergency to be able to, you know, access all those things, I think is just good, good practice. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and quite frankly, almost a, like a self-insurance policy in a way, just yeah. everything there. And again, that that's information that again, yeah, it, it's helpful to pass along. And then also too, uh, it's one of those things once you have to document all of your user accounts and passwords, you realize, wow, 
I've got a lot of accounts or I've got a lot of things <laughs> going on. Maybe, maybe I need to scale some of these back. And, and, and again, that's just an exercise of, you know, being more efficient with what you do and, and, yeah. and the things you're doing. Yeah. So, so when you're working with, with people and, and they are in this situation or they're trying to prepare for the situation, you know, mm -hmm. what are some, what are some common tips that you, that you share with them that can help them move things along? Um, so their financial picture um, is a little bit cleaner and has more clarity than uh, them just going through things aimlessly. Yeah. So a couple of things, if we're working with someone before, uh, for example, I have a client who's, we knew her husband was ill. We thought he had a longer time period than he actually ended up having, but we consolidated accounts. We pulled everything together so that it was, um, all of her financial, her investments, not her banking accounts, but she had, you know, one banking relationship and then all of her investment assets were on one custodial platform. And so, because, and it had gone from that from like eight different places to two. And that makes life simpler and cleaner and you have less paperwork in the end when you're um, settling someone's estate because it's all in one place and you, you have this one process that you do with the custodian um, if it's after the fact, it's really helpful, I think, to gather as much information as you can and try to figure out how many, um, so for example, my sister had a checking account at one bank. She actually had three different bank relationships, which was crazy, but, um, um, so she had one, and so I kind of waited a little bit to see what else might show up in the mail, and then. Then I found out there was like an inherited IRA there. And then so once I started getting various pieces, I could make one trip to the bank, that one place, and, and have a much more efficient use of my time as far as getting it figured out. And then when you get there, you're like, here's the social security number. Is there anything, are there any other accounts here I don't know about? And um so I think if, if you can step back a little bit and get organized and consolidate by um, institution or um, even um, type of account, then you, it's easier to, to consolidate and clean up. Um, so that was pretty helpful with her stuff. And I was able to eventually get everything down for my sister and now her husband, who is her sole beneficiary, into one banking relationship and one custodian for his investment assets. So it makes it easier to take care of his financial life because his health life is getting much more complicated. So it does help a lot to have it simplified. Well, that, that makes a big difference. And you know, your situation um, is definitely you know, unique in a way, although it, it, it's not like it's not happened before where you know, if you lose um, a loved one and if you have, you know, a, a special needs child, um, mm -hmm. so you're, you know, your niece or nephew and uh, now you're, you know, now you're the designated guardian for this individual, you know, coordinating all of that, especially if there's external supports that come in from, you know, different agencies or, or governmental bodies or whatnot, making sure that, you know, those assistants um, come through and in all of those things. And it's, it, you know, I think again, a lot of people, you know, go through life, say, well, I'm going to set up this account and everything's good. And I, okay, I know where everything is. That's great. Well, 
you may not be here tomorrow and you want if you want continuation of things for your loved ones and for people to be able to take care of uh, your loved ones then yeah this is definitely a, a big exercise to to undertake and yes it takes some time but mm-hmm. you do it you do it once you do it right and then you just update it as things need to be mm-hmm. updated you know mm-hmm. so, you know, and it's one of those things where you know, I'm sure in the book you, you you comment about you know how frequently you should do it. I, but I would think just for myself, you know, very similar to you know the smoke detectors. It's like when daylight savings time changes. Okay, okay, swap the batteries out and and and, and do all that kind of stuff. Although in in my building they're they're hardwired, but I still. I still do the test and of course they do the test too, but you know, I, I do it as well, you know, just in case there's something out of the ordinary, but that's again, right. one of those things where you think about it. It's like, okay, there's just certain that way you schedule it and you know, you're going to do it. And you say, okay, has there been any changes in my, in my financial picture with accounts or retirement accounts or any, anything mm-hmm. that I open just again, to have, you know, that uh, disaster recovery thing. And, and something I did several years ago is I, uh, I bought, um, you know, a red folder. And basically I have that, you know, in a secure space where if I need to grab that immediately, I know to grab it. Um, if some people may want a pink one or a purple one or a blue one, it doesn't matter what color it is. Right. Just so you know, it's different than, than other things that you do. And unless you have OCD that it might really bug you to have a different color. But again, think of it in a way that it's, you know, just, you know, a little bit different. So you remember to grab it because last thing you want to do is grab the wrong folder when you need something in an emergency. Right. Wow. I'm impressed. You're, that's unusual organization. That's great. Well, I, I've got, well, there's a poster that I have. It says I have CDO, which is OCD, but the letters are in alphabetical order. <laughs> and it's, yeah, it's, yeah. And anybody that knows me well, you know, completely relates to that. And they say, yeah, that's completely you. Um, <laughs> I, I've eased up over the years, but still it's, there's, there's certain things that I'm, a, I'm a little, uh, what's the phrase anal about, I think is what people tell me. So I, I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm trying to ease up as I get older, but no, no, no promises. <laughs> Well, you, you can see there's fruit from that trait, right? Of being uh, hyper-organized. And um, so I think that's great taking care of that. I still, I'm a pretty organized organized person, but I, I struggle a little bit with that notebook thing because the thing I haven't done, which is ridiculous, is go get copies of all my keys and put them in the notebook. And it's because I don't want to go to the hardware store. <laughs> I don't like to shop, so I'm like, oh, I don't want to run another errand. But um, that was a huge thing I ran into with my sister. I found we found probably 50 keys, and we couldn't find the ones we needed. You know, we'd be trying locks with you know dozens of keys at a time, and you know, just these things you don't think about. But um, so anyway, yeah, that's my that's my confession of my struggle with that one. <laughs> oh, we definitely all have those little. Um things that we struggle with and you know even you know i see it a lot of times too with with people in various professions where they're really good at their profession but if they have to apply the lessons that they you know teach people about for themselves yeah. sometimes it's 
you know, it, it, it's problematic because it's like, Oh, it just feels like work. And it's like, yeah, but you're, you know, you're helping, you know, your, your best client, which is yourself. So mm-hmm. you should definitely focus on that. So great perspective. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I've, I've loved our conversation today, Jennifer. I always like, have fun chatting with you. Where can people find out more about you and the awesome work you're doing? Oh, thanks. I've enjoyed it too. It's been really fun. Um, the web, my website to my firm is um, summitfinancialpartnersrva.com. And you know, my email and my phone number and everything are on there. RVA is for Richmond, Virginia, which is where I'm located. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, that really explains my background and contact information. And, um, but this has been really fun. You've, uh, I think you've got a lot of great perspective on all this. And um, I actually learned some stuff from you, too. So it's been great. That's awesome. And uh, audience, I'll have that information and the link to the book as well in the show notes. So, Jennifer, appreciate you and all the great things you're doing. Uh, we'll definitely keep in touch. And thanks again great. for being on the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. My pleasure. And until next time, everybody, be well. Hey, it's Michael again. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I really appreciate it. If you're like many people, you're dealing with some significant stress and possibly approaching burnout. I know how you feel. In 2009, my burnout led to a year of worst-case scenarios. I do not want that to happen to you. If you go to breakfastleadership.com, you can register for a free webinar on burnout prevention, as well as get a free checklist to have successful mornings. Start off each day the right way. Again, that's at breakfastleadership.com. Also, since you are a loyal podcast listener, I'm asking you to like, rate, and review my podcast on iTunes. I look at all the reviews and appreciate your comments, and it helps other potential listeners discover the content I have on the show. I appreciate you, and thanks again for listening.